Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the live recording of episode two or 114. I almost got way ahead of myself there uh, on the Always Andy's Mom podcast. So if you are listening now, you are getting a little taste of what will the podcast be for Thursday. So here's Gwen. Hi, Gwen. Hi, everyone. So hello, Gwen. We are here to talk about grieving through the holidays and what that looks like. Way back when I started doing this podcast, we had an episode on surviving the holidays with grief, but that was a long time ago. It was. And I feel like we can just revisit it kind of all again. And probably my outlook's quite a bit different now than it was two years ago. And Anyway, I just think it would be helpful to kind of visit that topic again. That was one of my thoughts. I I questioned about re-listening to that episode just to see, but maybe uh afterwards I will because I think you will be surprised that you're in a different spot two years ago. Mm -hmm. I think so too. And Mm -hmm. I thought about listening as well, but then it, and because I didn't want to do something, talk about something again. And then I thought, why, why would I not want to talk about the same thing again? If it's something that was helpful then. Right. Right. Remember, I doubt the listeners do. They don't either. So maybe some of the new listeners that have like binge watched or binge listened to all of these episodes, maybe will remember. And but anyway, there are a lot of longtime listeners that probably don't. And the other thing I want to add now is we've got several people watching, which is awesome. Uh, If you have any questions, feel free to just pop up with those whenever. So if anything really comes to mind and you want to ask, you can ask it now. You can ask it really anytime. And I think both Gwen and I now can see the questions as they come up. In the past, it's only been I've only been the one to be able to see them. So that was a little trickier, but now we can both see them. So it will be easy to be able to answer anything you have. You're assuming that I am not technically challenged, but I will try. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you can. Well, we'll see. I I will make an announcement just in case Gwen is having trouble. Okay. All right. So Gwen, did you have um, something that you just kind of wanted to start off with? You know, the first thing that comes to my mind is that dread seems to be the number one overwhelming feeling that bereaved people have about the approaching holidays. Mm -hmm. And I think I'd just like to start by acknowledging that I think even people were dreading listening to this because it's the reality that they have to start thinking about it and that they are Mm -hmm. coming. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that's a interesting statement because uh, you are 100% right and that is what ends up happening is you just dread it. I just uh, mm-hmm. I think back to the first year especially my word. I mean, I just wanted to pretend like Christmas wasn't didn't even exist. I you know, I didn't buy any gifts. I didn't do 
anything. Mm -hmm. We didn't decorate at all. I took off, you know, to Las Vegas to see my family, which was wonderful to see some of my family. But I mean, it is not something that normally a family, a mom and her kids and husband and kids do not normally fly to Vegas on Christmas Eve. Right. <laughs> right. I think and uh, they kind of teased me in the support group that like, oh, you're going to Vegas. That's okay. <laughs> um, the number one um, wish, I think, for bereaved people is that um, it would be January 4th. Like mm -hmm. we could just skip forward. You know, we, we don't usually want to fast forward, but I think with this season, people just want to be on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think to acknowledge that for people and just that they have that sense of just knowing it's coming. Yeah. And it, it, the thing is, as I've said this, in my 34 years of doing grief work, it comes sooner and sooner, meaning the season is so expanded now. Yeah, that's that it, it hit us long before Halloween this year, mm -hmm. right? The the decorations mm -hmm. were out. I am shocked how many people that I follow on Instagram already have their complete tree up, everything decorated. Mm -hmm. Well, I went, I was uh, bad for th for Halloween this year. So just as a, as a little aside, we had not handed out Halloween candy since Andy died. So the okay. first years after Andy died, I just couldn't get myself to do it. We basically just hid in the basement with the lights turned off. We didn't do anything. And this year, I and I, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, about giving yourself permission to do what feels right at the time. So I, I know this is going to come up because I think it's super important. Mm -hmm. But on Halloween, so Halloween is coming up. I said to Peter, do you want to hand out candy? He said, I don't really know. Erica wasn't going to be on call, so he couldn't hand out candy. So it's just the two of us at home. And I'm trying to decide whether this is something I want to do or whether this is going to be too difficult for me. And I waited until the last second. And finally, so it's the afternoon of Halloween on mm -hmm. Sunday. And I was like, okay. I think I can do this. I am going to hand out candy to the kids this year. I was just having a day where I felt like I could do it. So I go to the grocery store, the big Meyer grocery stores, huge here in Michigan. And I walked to where the Halloween candy had been. All Christmas candy. No. The Halloween candy was gone on Halloween. And it was only Christmas candy. And I'm looking like, do I hand out candy canes for right. Halloween? I don't right. think so. So it took me, I think I had to go to four different stores before I found any place with any Halloween candy. But it was funny that it it hadn't even passed Halloween. <coughs> and all the Christmas candy was in there. Mm -hmm. So they, we had already switched to Christmas in October. Right. You just said so much there, though. I think, you know, one of the key parts about handling the holidays is planning ahead and thinking of it. But the other part of that is being flexible that if that moment comes and you can't follow through with the plan, that that's okay, too. Mm -hmm. So I think what you just did is you just left it open to see how you felt that day. And you obviously were committed to it once you said, I'm going to do this to go to four stores to find right. Right. Yeah. Because I didn't, I, I really had made that decision and I was quite firm in it because mm -hmm. you're, you're a hundred percent right. Once I got to about the third store and there was still nothing, I was like, maybe it's just, maybe I shouldn't, maybe this mm -hmm. is going to be bad. But I thought, no, I really am 
I had made this decision and I want to go forward with it. So I um, ended up paying, I'm sure way too much for candy. Right. <laughs> I, I love what you just said because you said, you know, maybe I shouldn't. And one of the things we always talk about is don't shit on yourself for the holidays. My suggestion is that rather than the shoulds think of the word want, what do I want? And that day you decided, I want to do this. We want to mm -hmm. do this. And so mm -hmm. we replace the word should with want. And if you don't want to do it, you do not have to. Mm -hmm. I, I hate to think that bereaved people are shooting on themselves so much this season that they're doing all these things that they think, you know, the other people expect of them and they don't really want to do them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have to replace that with an I want, you know, um, what do we want? And that requires us to think ahead of time. Absolutely. I was going to say that too. And it is really important to sit down with your loved ones and have a really open, honest conversation mm -hmm. as to what kinds of things I really do want mm -hmm. for the holidays and, and, and just respect what everyone wants in the family and then try to come up with a plan that can include as many things mm -hmm. as are possible, right? Because if, if some things, like, I'll talk about the compromise we made last year on the Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. So I still was having a very hard time with the idea of having a Christmas tree. Andy loved decorating the Christmas tree. We have so many personalized ornaments, all of this, right? And I just thought, oh, I just, I mean, Andy was the one that would, he would be the one wanting to decorate, wanting to put up all the ornaments. It's just, it was him, was wanting to do all the decorating. So it just still seemed so painful to me. But yet when we had a conversation as a family, it's something that Peter really wanted. Mm -hmm. He really wanted a Christmas tree and I didn't want to not give him that. So what's funny is the first year we had nothing. The second year I had a little artificial tree up North because we went up North actually for Christmas. And then last year um, we had a Christmas tree. So what we ended up doing, um, the guy that, that cut the boy's hair, still cuts Eric's hair, still cuts Peter's hair. Anyway, he sells Christmas trees at his barbershop and his name is Andy. <laughs> and so we called Andy and said, we, I don't have the heart to go pick out a Christmas tree. Can you pick one out for us? And he said, I can do better than that. I will bring it to you. Oh, so he brought us this Christmas tree. I didn't put it upstairs in the main room where I usually put it. I put it downstairs where Peter kind of plays with his Xbox and cause it was sort of for Peter in some ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing, that I did was I went to Hobby Lobby and I bought all new, not personalized Christmas ornaments. Mm -hmm. And, and they were all 50% off cause it was right before Christmas. And so I got them really cheap, these huge box of these Christmas ornaments. And that's what we decorated the tree with. And it ended up being perfect because the painful thing that I was really dreading about seeing all those ornaments with Andy's name on it, I didn't have to do, right? That was the most, that was the thing that was really, I was dreading, talking about dread. That's the thing I was dreading the most about the whole Christmas tree. And this way, Peter got the tree. We still had that. I also could go upstairs and not be around the tree or go downstairs and be around the tree. Mm -hmm. So I had that option. 
But yet it was a really a beautiful compromise for the family right. to be right. able to give Peter what he wanted, but not give everything maybe that he might have wanted that would have made me super uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not sacrificing one for all. It's just finding what the balance would be. Yes. Yes. And the thing that I just want to encourage people is it does take extra effort. Like it took you having to go to Hobby Lobby to get the things, rethinking where you put the tree, but it really was worth it because it was more peaceful than upsetting. Right. Right. Because you put in the work. And that's what mm -hmm. I just want to, if you, if people are thinking, I just want to coast and hope this all magically disappears or doesn't, you know, just happens, it, that's not a good choice yeah. because they are yeah. coming. But then you have the choice to how they're going to happen for you and your family. But that's where the work comes in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I it really is so much, I think, communicating mm -hmm. and being able to balance all of this right. out, too. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. I always say those are the two things, communicate and then compromise. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And that takes that communication. Mm -hmm. I am. I'm just looking at some comments that we have here. Can you read them now? I see two. How many do you Perfect. See? Perfect. Yes, okay. I see two comments right. as well. So I think we're good. Okay. So one is Shirley just announcing she was watching. So hello to Shirley. But um, Aaron just sent a message. That's an amazing idea. As the first Christmas approaches, I don't have the heart to go through my Christmas decorations. Just getting new stuff will be easier because my other kids want me to decorate. Right. That's exactly right. I, I think that was the perfect thing to do for me. Mm -hmm. And then I also got through got out some of the things. So the other thing that's a big tradition in our family is that every year they get me buildings for the little village, St. Nicholas Square Village that you buy all those at Kohl's and they have just, I have this expansive village now. And um, anyway, last year, I mean, and Andy's the one that puts that out every year. So, and I would always, we were talking about how Chris, how it gets earlier and earlier and earlier. Well, he was always on me to get out the village earlier. And I would let him get it out for Thanksgiving, before Thanksgiving some years, if it had really snowed. I was, that was always my criteria. It was like, well, either you can do it over Thanksgiving break, or if it snows before Thanksgiving, like a real snow, then you can put it out ahead of time. And so occasionally he would get it out the week or so before Thanksgiving. But um, we, so he would do this, this whole thing. And I would come home and there would just be boxes everywhere. And it was always a disaster. And I'd be, Andy, you need to keep everything together and keep it organized. But So last year was the first year I had the heart to get any of them out. And again, what did we do? We just picked a few. I think I put out eight buildings. I mean, I didn't put out everything. And again, it was Peter and Catherine and I looking through and deciding, which are the ones that are the most special, right? Yeah. Uh, including the last one that Andy bought me, I put that one out because that one had never really been out before because I got it on Christmas. And then, of course, everything gets put away after Christmas. So um, anyway, that was another way that we kind of compromised that we just, anyway, mm -hmm. this year we will see, right? We will see right. what happens. We'll see if I put out the whole village, if all the ornaments come out, honestly, we haven't really had a chance to talk about it too much yet. Mm -hmm. 
what what I also like about what you said in reminding those and you know Aaron mentioned about you know her other kids is that you they helped you I think one of the things as moms sometimes is we get the pressure to do it all and make all those decisions ourselves but mm -hmm. I always tell people ask the kids I mean ask them what part do you want to see and when you talked about just picking those eight um villages you did that together and had their input. And, and um, that's really key. And to ask them, how do you want them to be remembered? And is this something that you would like to see? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that's good too, because we put pressure on ourselves as parents to make all of these decisions and to decide all this, but we are a family. We are mm -hmm. unit with mm -hmm. all these different members and they all do have different wants. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Like, for example, that first year when I didn't want to do anything, nobody wanted to do anything. So that ended up being okay because we kind of right. all decided we didn't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. um, I see a question here from Rachel yeah. that I'd like to address. It said, how to handle being at large family gatherings where everyone will be present except for the child who died. First extended family Thanksgiving 16 months after the loss of our son. Um, you know, first, Rachel, those firsts are really hard. I mean, the, this is all very difficult. Um, but again, I believe that planning ahead and thinking, how do you want him to be remembered? To me, I think one of the most difficult things is if we try to go and pretend like it's just like any other year and you don't have a plan for how mm -hmm. yours, um, it just says child. I don't know why I assumed a son, but how your child Oh, yes, it did say son at the end, how their son will be remembered. Um, mm -hmm. So is it a special toast? Is it a prayer? Is it an empty chair? But for some people, they think, wow, that empty chair is so loud. I don't like that thought. Maybe, you know, have part of their favorite food and just have everyone acknowledge that we're passing their favorite food and we'd love everyone to, you know, have a bite together, whatever that is to have a plan for that. Cause I think especially when it's extended and there's so many people that it can be easily overshadowed and you just kind of go in and everyone smiles. And we talk about the weather and uh -huh. we talk about trivial things, but we don't really talk about that person. Um, well, and I'm wondering too about getting someone in that family who's going to be there and talking to maybe one or two people about it a little bit ahead of time would be helpful too. I, I recently read something that was reposted that Anna Whiston Donaldson wrote. Oh. You know, she she was on the yeah. podcast quite right. some time ago. She wrote mm -hmm. rare, the book Rare Bird. Anyway, she wrote something about Thanksgiving, that very first Thanksgiving after she lost her son. And she had brought a candle along. Mm -hmm. And right before Christmas dinner, she said, well, I, I'd like to light the candle in place of him. And her brother-in-law said, Ooh, that's a pretty strong smelling candle. And you know, mom's really, really sensitive to smell. So could we wait until after? And then she said she was just taken aback and almost in tears. Yeah. And then she's thinking, I can't even do this right. I'm a horrible mother. Now I can't even pick the right candle. And then, of course, everyone see how bad she feels. And then everyone's backpedaling. Oh, just light the candle. But what I think might have been helpful is if she had one or two people to softly introduce that idea ahead of time, it might have been easier. So because I think the candle was a beautiful idea. I think it was right. fantastic. 
But the problem is, is she had sheepishly kind of put that out there at the last second and then nobody had time even to think about it. So, oh, but it just so hard and horrible because you don't want to have that kind of response back. Right. You know, um, this is what Zig Ziglar has said about we either react, which our reactions are usually negative. And that was his reaction right away, right? was about the smell. Yeah. But our yes. responses are usually positive. And the subtle difference between reacting and responding is planning ahead of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that we're not looking for reactions. We're, we're responding to what we've planned out that how this person is going to be remembered. And someone else said in here, it makes me sad when people are afraid to talk about our son with us. And I always tell Mm -hmm. people, isn't it sad that we have to be the ones to gather up the energy to bring up their name? And we, if we wait for others, oftentimes it doesn't happen. And we just have to get comfortable speaking out their name and modeling that. So people know, oh, it's okay because Marcy's bringing it up. And so I can too. So we have to kind of lead the charge on that one as well. Yeah. And I feel like I need Um, to do that all the time. I know that Andy won't ever be talked about unless I bring it up first, which is so, so hard and so sad. And, Mm -hmm. And I do know that when we go to these family gatherings still now, it bothers me so much that when his name isn't even mentioned, and mm-hmm. most of the time, still, his name is not even mentioned. But right. that's why you like to be able to say it and tell people all the time, do you know how much better it makes me feel if you mention Andy's name, if you talk about it? Okay, we okay. have another um, question here. We've got, got a, yeah, a few little comments. I feel like I want to okay. read through here. Can go ahead and do that. I don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to. We've got some just hellos. We've got a couple of hellos from from uh, Canada, so that's that's okay. great. Um, oh, and here's oh, and someone talking about a picture. You know, I had just talked to somebody else recently about the picture too, and about how like holding a picture when the family picture gets taken, of holding a picture of your loved one, and how like the husband wanted to do it and the wife wanted to do it, but nobody wanted to make anyone uncomfortable, so it ended up no one went and got the picture. You know, that is really so. That's another key, that communication, talking about it ahead of time, because that both of them regretted not doing it. And then mm-hmm. once they talked about it, they wished they had. So, mm-hmm. OK, right. So, yeah. yes. So here's this question that you were wanting to talk about, I think. Mm-hmm. So how do you get through the holidays when you are the only one that doesn't want to celebrate? I lost my son in July and my my daughter still want to go to our extended family's Thanksgiving and Christmas, but I just can't. And I don't even want to celebrate either holiday. And my boyfriend that has no children just doesn't understand why I don't want to do anything on the holidays. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right. Well, she used the word understand. And that's one of the things I say. And you may have to say to the boyfriend is I'm not expecting you to understand it. Because frankly, until you've walked in my shoes, you really can't. Yeah. And so yeah. the word is, can you just accept that that's where I'm at for this year? And one of the things I want to, especially a lot of people are writing it's their first just because you change it this year or say, I can't handle this this year, doesn't mean that that tradition's lost and gone forever. It just means mm-hmm. that for right now. But again, is there some way that you can celebrate or send the kids or you come later mm-hmm. or you get mm-hmm. to early. Um, I'm thinking of a a woman whose child died and she did not want to go to the family celebration, watching all those kids open up the gifts and be there. And her siblings and her parents said, 
how can you not be with us? Like, that's, you know, awful. And she just said, you don't have to understand it, but just accept that I'm not going to be there when you open the gifts. But then the compromise was they were going to miss her and wanted her to be a part of it. So she didn't go for the gift opening. But after the children were tucked in bed, she went for the adult time of playing cards and having a few drinks where she didn't have to be surrounded by the kids. And yes, that was different and hard for the family, but it's the part that she could handle. So uh -huh. I'm just wondering if Jennifer, if there's parts of it you can handle because taking the whole thing is too much. We have to that is too much. These. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I a hundred percent agree. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what I was thinking too. Is there a way that your daughters can still somehow participate or something, right? I don't know how close you live. I don't know if this is long travel that they absolutely couldn't kind of do without you. I don't know if you could go, you know, sometimes even if it is extended, you say we're, we can go. I we're staying in a hotel. I'll drop the right. girls off for a little bit. I'll come later. I could only take this in pieces. And I do think it's important that you need to have an escape plan. Right. <laughs> because, Absolutely. 100%. because if you are going somewhere and you are now going to be stuck there, that is really hard. Mm -hmm. I think back even to when I went, you know, I told you I went to mm -hmm. Las Vegas I know to see my okay. aunt on my on our first Christmas and the family went. Well, what was what was really beautiful is that my aunt lives in a condo building and on the other side of her was another condo and the woman was gone out of town for Christmas. And so she offered to my aunt to have my family stay there. So normally we stay in the house with her mm -hmm. and she had other family there. So it would have been crowded anyway, but she, we were offered that apartment. It was so much better because I could come mm -hmm. when I could handle it and leave when I couldn't. So I right. had a very good escape plan. So even though we were going far away from home and there was no way for me to tuck back home, I had a place to go. So even if it's like a hotel where you have a place where you can get away, right. I think it's important because when you pin yourself okay. that you're now stuck there and you right. have to stay for the whole thing, that can be way too much of a commitment. And I don't know how old her daughters are either, but to be able to have kind of an open, honest conversation that I can't handle all of this right now. It's just impossible for me to do all of it. Let's compromise. Right. And then if it is like a distance thing and you can maybe FaceTime for a little bit or do something, maybe that's well, all you can do that thing year. I was thinking is we can ask family to help us too. And if someone can take your daughters there and this year you stay back and if they're okay with that, that may be what has to happen. The mm -hmm. other thing that I have had some families do is say, okay, this year, can we do something else as a, a, a smaller family unit and just go to a water park or go away that us and not do those bigger things or do one for Thanksgiving and then do something smaller at Christmas. So you really have to tweak. Um, and it takes that constant communication. Um, but well, and we've had three, we've had three Christmases. They've all looked very different right. and none of them have been like our Christmas before. Right. We've and not gotten back to that. And maybe someday we will, but we haven't yet. 
for sure. And and there's a lot of comfort in some traditions and some people that brings them comfort and they want that, but not for everyone. And um, I, I think it is understandable, first of all, that Jennifer doesn't want to do anything. Those of us in this club and this group know that, but mm -hmm. for the others, they don't know that. I do also... Um, oh, she's giving us a few more details. Oh, good. I'm glad. Thank you, Jennifer. Way. I've been trying to think of an escape plan so I could still go with them, but but I can't think of it. My oldest is 17, so she could drive her and her sister. They are struggling of why I don't want to go, so they're having a hard time going without me. I think the thing, Jennifer, too, is to tell them that, um, again, as as your relationship was different with your son, that they're not going to always understand that yeah. and that they're yeah. young and that when we're young, we do bounce back in a different way. We do want to go and do things. I mean, they're, they're teenagers. They want to go out and do that, but to let them know that you're okay. If you are, that they go without you and that you'll be okay. And you just need that yeah. quiet time. Um, because I think that's going to be their worry, right? Oh, we're mm -hmm. just leaving her. This will be right. awful to just leave her when right. in her mind, it's so stressful to go. And it is much less stressful to be left behind mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. to know that you're not like ruining their Thanksgiving either, that they've gotten to go do what they mm -hmm. want to do, but yet they haven't put that pressure on you. Right. I know for our family, they, we would always go to Eric's parents or Eric's sister's house for Thanksgiving. And we've still been doing that except for the pandemic. So now last year, this year, we haven't because of that. But after Andy died, we still went and it was horribly painful. And the one tradition we always have, and Eric's family has always had is they go bowling on Thanksgiving. So mm -hmm. everybody goes bowling on Thanksgiving, but you know what? I could not go bowling on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. There was no way I was going bowling on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. I still don't want to go bowling on Thanksgiving. It's just too painful to think about right. that. So that was like, that's something you have to give me. And you have to be okay with the fact that I am just going to be alone here. And in that gathering too, I tucked away for good portions of it. I left and went into a room by myself and... Mm -hmm. Because I needed alone time, I could not handle it all. It was right. just too overwhelming. So even if I, you do end up feeling like sort of pressure to go, Jennifer, if you can have a conversation with where you're going and saying, I need a place where I can go and everyone needs to understand that mm -hmm. they may just need to leave me there. And that's what I want. And that's what I need mm -hmm. that I right. can't, that it's too overwhelming mm -hmm. for me to do all of this. And if you can give me that space, then maybe you can come, or maybe that's not even until next year. I don't know what right. that all entails. Or again, and if it's an hour away, is there someone in that family who would say, you know what, if you bring them there, and stay for 45 minutes and then you leave, we will get those girls home. Right, I mean, that, right. that would also be well, an amazing kind of thing. And then if it ends up not being as bad as you think, now you've got a little more flexibility. Mm -hmm. Maybe you stay an hour. Mm -hmm. If it's worse than you think, maybe you stay 10 minutes, but it gives you more flexibility. Well, and I think splitting them two and not having to do both and talking about which one might be better to do or not do. But the other thought that I had is if it's an hour away and you go and when it gets to be too much for you, 
go see a movie. Just say, I'm going to take off for a little bit, leave you with your family. You know, you mm -hmm. can stay with family. You can go and escape and just take a drive or, you know, I don't know the climate where you live, but, you know, a walk in the park or something. But I do think there would be a compromise. And again, your children aren't going to understand because what they truly want is they want mom to be, you know, mom and what they remember and to okay be which of course you're not going to be okay but they right. they they right and they feel right. terrible about right. just leaving you there thinking that yeah. that is and now just such a bad choice has the advantage of saying sitting them down and saying i just listened to all these suggestions here's what was thrown out there let's discuss yes. this and yes. what do you think you'll be surprised they might then go oh that one doesn't sound too bad or that sounds like a good compromise for this year Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I want to go up. Dana said something that I want to address. She said, it's too hard for my husband to look at our son's pictures on the table or even mention his name. How do I compromise there? I hate not mentioning him, but it crushes my husband. I had a family that said the same thing, Dana. And what they did is she created some kind of photo books and scrapbooks. And it also had places for people to write memories. And they laid it out at, at the holiday season. So when people wanted to read it or, or open, they could open it and do that. But if it was too hard for some, they didn't have to. So that might be a suggestion. Um, and I think to say, I know it crushes you to talk about it but what is something that we can do that would yeah. honor him kind of thing well again that's just that open communication that that mm -hmm. this is what i feel like i need and i want to know what you feel like you need and mm -hmm. where can we land maybe softly in the middle and right. it sounds like that's going to be really really challenging and it will be a hard conversation to have but you know i mean I can tell that you obviously care deeply about him because you don't want to hurt him by mentioning those things. And, and I'm mm -hmm. sure he feels the same way that he feels terrible that he can't do something. So mm -hmm. that's, that's where it is. It's just so important to do. I just think mm -hmm. back to all the conversations Eric and I have had to have over time, you know, things that he, that are helpful to him that are just not helpful to me and how we've had to talk about it. I think way back mm -hmm. to the, you know, Eric really encouraging me to go back to work so, so fast because it helped him. And he was just like, that's going to help. That's going to help. It's going to help. You know what? It didn't help. It was, it was terrible for me. And then it does go to show how things are so different for different people. Mm -hmm. um, one, you know, I, I go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, we do need to jump up here to um, just that whole uh, Charity wrote in about they lost their 18-year-old son in oh, July. Yes. I just want to forget the holidays, but have two other kids. And again, I think that goes back to the fact of talking to them because my they probably are old enough, our teens or whatever, not itty-bitty kids, to be able to say, what do you need for the holidays? Mm -hmm. This is what I can give you for the holidays and just having being so open and honest about that because, you know, I did a grief share. They have a surviving the holidays mm -hmm. grief share and they had it. You put in categories, what I need to do for Christmas, mm -hmm. what I would like to do for Christmas, what I can't possibly do for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Right. So you had different categories of things you think. So if you talk to those kids and like, what do you need? You know, do you need to have a Christmas tree up this year? Do you need Christmas cookies? Do you need gifts? 
what do you need? And then we're going to start at that list. And if everyone can handle everything on that list, great. And then you move to the want list and you see what might be on somebody's want list. That's on somebody's, there's no way I can do it list and trying to come up with a good plan really ahead of time. Right. The other thing that I do think every year when I talk to bereaved people after the holidays is that joy does surprise us, that there are joyful moments. It's not mm -hmm. the same overwhelming, oh, I'm so excited for this season and it's all warmth. And, you know, I'm not saying that, but we can catch glimpses of moments where there's some joy and to realize that your kids, that's what they are craving and wanting. And where can those glimpses be? Mm -hmm. And and I do know that she doesn't want to, you know, to have it at all. I get that. Oh, uh, I get it too. I get yeah. it. Right. And, and you might be surprised what your other kids want. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think back yeah. to uh, us and our family, and you know, Peter was twelve, and Catherine was sixteen, and they were totally fine with not doing Christmas. I mean, they we all agreed we couldn't do any of it. Mm -hmm. We, nobody wanted to do the decorations. Nobody wanted to do everything. I mean, we did do something because obviously we went away, we traveled. So we, and we went, we did go and have a Christmas Eve dinner at my friend's house. I just didn't make it. So there were some things that we did that were special for Christmas for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but you might be surprised as to what your kids really yeah. want, right? Because maybe they would like to just travel. Maybe not to Vegas, yeah. but, you know, right. somewhere. Right. Or to go to a water park. I've heard that a lot. And when people scale down or do something different, oftentimes it becomes their new tradition and they don't go back. But the kids don't know what they don't know. So sometimes presenting them with some other fun ideas Options. that are totally different, they go, oh, that's an option. We can go to a water park. Um, you right. Know, and, you know, it's so it's kind of weird, too, with COVID, because obviously that's kind of screwing everything up that you might not <clears throat> travel as much. But, you know, you could go and rent some cabin somewhere at right. a B&B or whatever. I mean, there's, there, there are different options that you can do that you don't even have to be around a bunch of people, but to right. just put yourself in a different setting. <laughs> Correct. I want to go back to Dana's um, piece about when she was, you know, her husband being uncomfortable and us talking about that. Um, I'm always reminded, and I feel like every holiday, I have to share the story of Stephen. Um, Stephen had died and he was um, adolescent age. And when it came time for the holidays, um, his mom didn't know what to do with this stocking. And she said to me, what do I do with Stephen's stocking? And I said, what do you want to do? That's that question. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you want? She said, I want to put it up. I do not want to leave it in the box. And I said, okay, what's the hardest part about putting it up? She said, everyone rolls their eyes at me. It, my husband, it makes him uncomfortable. And I said, okay, what are we going to do? And then I said, well, if it makes people uncomfortable. I think you could just tell them maybe to put some money in it. And she said, that's true because no one has to buy Stephen a gift this year. So then what became this taboo we can't talk about became an activity. Mm -hmm. And so what they did was they called it stuffing Stephen's stocking. And every holiday, whoever came in the house, that's kind of what they did to see how much money they could stuff in his stocking. And then every year after the holiday, she takes that money, buys books for the library, the school that he went to, puts a little um, sticker in there about being in honor of him. And then her husband became comfortable with that 
uncomfortable piece because there was an activity surrounding it and there was purpose mm -hmm. in it. And then it was honoring to their son. And this will be their 19th Christmas of stuffing Stephen's stocking and they still do it. I, I love that idea. And I wonder if that would be something helpful for Dana, because it isn't, it, it's, it is an activity. It's something to do and not just reminding everyone of how he's not there and right. how he's gone. Right. Like, yeah, I love that. To honor and, you know, whether it's serving a meal, I mean, there's other things we can do. And oftentimes when we're doing something to serve others and think about others in honor of our person, um, it's not just the thought of sitting around and lighting a candle. And I'm not saying mm -hmm. those are bad things, but I think sometimes that's what people think. Like that makes me uncomfortable. Right, right, right. Right. Um, okay. We have to get you to Aaron's question. We do want to get to Aaron's question okay. for sure. Um, do you want to read it? Sure. So how do you deal with siblings that when you, when you asked about Thanksgiving, the first since Emmy died, both say they're going to the other side of the family. I am really hurt and feel they are just abandoning me for our first big holiday. Oh, Aaron, I I'm, totally get that feels like abandonment. I really do. Yeah. It, it, it is what we actually, um, I call it in um, the series that I have on my website, I call that relationship pain because you also have the pain of the holidays and you have your own grief, but then you have that relationship pain, that layer of maybe people that you thought were going to be there for you or mm -hmm. that relationship meant that they were going to say, hey, what do you need from us? Truth be told, and I don't know her siblings at all, and I think oftentimes it's a subconscious thing in our culture that says, I guess it'd just be easiest if we went somewhere else and didn't have to deal with it. I mean, yeah. I, that could could be what's happening there. Um, I think to let people know how you're feeling, but not mm -hmm. when you're really wearing that anger. I think we have to, you know, slow down and figure it out. And then in a constructive way, be able to say, you know, that really hurts to think that this first Thanksgiving and now we're all alone and maybe. Well, and you know what I was thinking too you might almost, because you talked about here, you don't want to seem angry. You might almost preface it by saying, I know you don't want to put pressure on me for Thanksgiving and mm -hmm. you don't want me to have to do all of this work and that, but right. But it really is making me feel quite alone to mm -hmm. not have you here at all and to not be celebrating mm -hmm. with you at all. So what do you think we could maybe do instead? When could you come? Things like that. So it, and then it doesn't come across as I'm really ticked off at you and you really right. abandoned me, but it comes across because that certainly might be, I mean, I just want to put that out there that the siblings might be thinking, gosh, I don't want to put all this on her right mm -hmm. now. True. She's grieving and this is her first Thanksgiving and I don't want her making a turkey and doing all of this. And, and so you, they might be wanting to take pressure off of you. And if you come at it from that saying, I know you want to, you don't want to put anything more on my plate, but I really do need to spend some time with you. How do you think we can work something out? Is it possible mm -hmm. to work something out mm -hmm. or to meet at a different time or to do something? Mm -hmm. And that's again, the part that she, Aaron, who's the grieving mom at her first holidays has to I find know. the energy to do that. And that's where it's on it. It just isn't fair. And a lot of people are in their house shaking their head right now going, you're right, you're right. We have to find that to be able to say this is, 
you know, you may not understand it, but this is where I'm at and this is what I need. And And it is hard. And I know it's hard to have to tell people what you need all the time, but Mm -hmm. sometimes you do just have to be your own advocate. Oh, and Aaron wrote, that makes sense. Thank you. So I'm glad that kind of resonated with you, Aaron. I'm glad that was helpful. I do also want to acknowledge that we are talking about Thanksgiving because here in the United States, it is coming up next week. But I do know that in Canada, you already had your Thanksgiving last Mm -hmm. month. I am well aware of that now because I've spoken to so many um, Canadians. Did you know that one? Yes, but they can say they survived. <laughs> they can say they survived. <laughs> so I can have these Canadians write in and say, we made it. We, we made it through. This what is what we did. Part. What was the best part? And I think that's the other thing is afterwards, doggone it, celebrate. I made it. And right now you've already survived. A, you have a 100% survival rate over your worst days. And so yeah. we forget about that, that this too shall pay. Like, I'm going to make it through this. I don't know how right now, but mm-hmm. I will. And so... Um, And even though you want January 4th to come tomorrow, it's not going to. Right. But you know what? It eventually is. It will come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of hard days and a lot of hard times maybe between now and January 4th, but you will get through. And like you said, there will be more moments of joy than you expect. Mm -hmm. And likely, I always feel like for me, so much I dread and dread and dread and dread. And then I get there and it's not quite as bad as I thought it was going to be like mm-hmm. I am assuming the worst but that's always been a little bit my mantra it probably shouldn't be I'm always like plan for the worst I mean you can hope for the best but kind of plan for the worst mm-hmm. kind of thing so <sighs> anticipation of something is usually you know when you're dreading something that that is the worst part and when it actually comes it's like oh the day I, I feel that way about the anniversary of a death. It's those mm-hmm. weeks leading up to it are far worse than the actual day itself, usually. Yeah. But but they are days that you need to take off and need to honor and, right. and still just like these holidays are well, days that we want to plan for. But again, give yourself grace, give yourself permission to right. do whatever you need to do. You know, we we haven't mentioned things like parties that you're invited to that aren't actually mm-hmm. on Christmas Day, like that families or that friends invite you to or work-related parties, things like that, because those certainly um, can be pressure put on you as well. Um, I, I think about my own office. They always have an office Christmas party. And the first year I went back to work, was two years ago. So, I mean, it was, so it had been over a year since Andy died and they were talking about the Christmas party and going to the Christmas party. And I said, Oh, I'm, I'm, I won't be going. And they all looked at me and said, Oh, but you're doing so well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm glad you think I'm doing really well, but that's something I just can't do right now. I just can't do that. I mean, the other reason for me was that the last office gathering I was at, we were on our way to an office gathering when Andy was killed. So that there's a whole other level of me uh-huh. just not wanting to go to office gatherings. Uh-huh. Um, but it, people are just so surprised that different things will trigger us. And it, it's hard to explain that sometimes, but hopefully people can just understand. Uh-huh. And I, where you were going before with this is to have a balance in that, in the whole holiday season, you were saying like, you know, give yourself some time. It allows some balance in being with people and then being in solitude. 
So mm -hmm. one or going to everything you're invited to is probably not a good idea and surrounding yourself with a ton of people, nor is going all the way to solitude and blocking yourself in a room. So it's in be that balance between the social and the solitude. And sometimes mm -hmm. you have to say no to something just because it's your only night off or it's your only thing. These are easier things to um, take off of my busy list. And I just need some time where I'm not so busy just to be and allow that. Um, I think Bonnie, said I love that too. I want you to, I want to just touch on that one more time, yep. time to just be, and mm. that is something that I've personally been working on recently is, is I've been talking to a pastor just, just about things and how, mm -hmm. how things are hard and he, and how trust is such an issue for me, trusting in my future, mm -hmm. trusting God, trusting mm -hmm. everything. And he really advised me to take some time to just be. And when I take time to just be, I'm not worrying about what's happening tomorrow or what's happening next week or what's happening down the road. Then I can just be. And I have felt since I've been really taking the time to just be, I felt moments of contentment that I hadn't felt before. And it really is important to do that. So I love that. If it's to take a bath or to sit and read a book or what it is to do, if you can take some time to just be, that can help get those anxieties, you to be able to let loose of them a little okay. bit as well. Right. And it helps with that, that planning ahead. I said, that's the number one thing is to stop and think. If you're so busy that you don't have time to stop and think, you're not going to have these creative ideas come to you because you're not just allowing those thoughts. What could this look like? Whether you're mapping it out, a vision board, you're journaling about it, whatever it is, but you're allowing those thoughts to flow. But if you stay busy, those thoughts cannot flow. There won't be the creativity to come up with something for your family. That's true. That's a very, very good point. I love what Bonnie said here. She said, if your child was old enough, um, what about thinking what they would want us to do? And I think, mm -hmm. you know, it's that thought of if they were here, what would they say? And I think sometimes just to sit and hear them say, you know, mommy, daddy, this is, yeah. you know, I'd love to see these things for you. And I think that's a beautiful suggestion. I do too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's funny is I love that suggestion. If it comes from you, I do not love that suggestion when it comes from someone else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if, you know, going back to, to Jennifer with the Thanksgiving, what would your son want you to do? Would your son really want you to skip Thanksgiving? Right. <laughs> not that. Not that. No. Not that mm -hmm. at all. It is, what would your son be talking to you about what's important right. about you, you know, things like that. So don't now guilt yourself into doing something that you don't want to do because right. your son or daughter would want you to do that. Cause mm -hmm. that's, that's putting too much pressure. So yeah. there's a balance. I think, I think it's a beautiful sentiment for sure. As long as you don't take it to the point where now you're guilting yourself into doing right. something that you otherwise don't really want to do. Well, because and, maybe you can't do it this year, but you will be able to do it next year. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I do. But I think mm -hmm. it's the tone and the judgments rather than what I was talking about in that quietness of just yes. allowing yourself to have some of those thoughts and to yes. really just think, you know, and because that goes back to you just figuring out what do I want? 
and and what 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 can't I do and how can I and it's in that quietness and it's a loving conversation it's not a you have to or you better yeah. you know it's a if loving, you had that loving conversation with your child mm-hmm. as to what 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 you would want to do what he or she would want you to do in that loving conversation but definitely not in a in a guilt or no. anything like that no. Mm-mm. Because you don't need to do everything you did before just because your child loved all of that. That that is not that's no. not what needs no. to be done at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, and you're already carrying so much of a load. And I say this often. Um, I've got to read what this. I don't think my yeah. son would want us to go on and not be sad and miss him when he want us to desperately miss him. Yes. I, you know, charity's point is if you Mm -hmm. have the ability to love someone, you have the necessity to mourn when they're no longer there. So loving someone at mourning and missing them go hand in hand. The only way people say to me all the time, I wish you could take this pain away. And I say, the only way I can do that is to take the love away. And I have never met anyone willing to give me the love. And, and I totally get that. So yes, it is part of loving them and missing them. And I think there is a bigger difference between when it is and early on in our grief. Um, we need to sit in that. I mean, it's deeper, it's different, that longing and missing. But if it's prolonged over a, a period of time where you're not beginning to live and to heal, I don't know that any of our children would want us to keep that beyond a, a point where it starts affecting our um, being able to heal and allow some traditions or some things to come in because um, you're not in the same spot. Does that well, make sense? And I- yeah. And I think a lot about a definition I heard of grief is that grief is love with nowhere to go, right? That That's you don't right. have that person there anymore. And that love just goes on and on and on. And so you just feel such a deep, deep sadness and desperation, really, like Charity was talking about, is how you miss them so, so much. And you definitely are going to have that. Mm-hmm. But again, he he wants you to miss them, but he wouldn't probably want you to be sad forever, right. right? And you wouldn't want him to be. So it's one of those things that you think about, if you were to die, would you want your son to not ever experience happiness again and always be ha- be desperately sad? Well, well, no, you wouldn't. Are they always going to have some sadness? Absolutely. I mean, my mom, I'm 48 years old. My mom died when I was 21 years old. She was 42. I still miss her mm-hmm. horribly, but I have had such happy, happy, wonderful memories since she's been gone. I've, you know, given birth to three beautiful, amazing children. I married my husband. I met my husband. I went through all of these beautiful things too. So I know my mom wouldn't have wanted me to not have that. I have had some beautiful memories now since Andy has died. And he would want me to go on and have beautiful memories. Mm -hmm. I know he would. I know he would. I always Mm -hmm. say, you know, I know how much I'm loved. I expect a lot of wailing when I die. Like there's going to be a lot of grief because I know how much I'm loved. (laughs) I feel it. So man, yeah, there's going to be a lot of wailing. But I always say, cry long enough but then allow yourself to move along, like do it, but you don't have to keep it going because that's at beyond a reasonable point. It's, it, it's not a tribute to loving them. It's, you know, then it becomes 
Um, well, and I don't, I don't uh, cry yeah. just for the sake of crying. You no. cry when you are right. feeling that loss. And yes, I still, absolutely. do I still cry almost every day? Yep. Yep. Pretty much every day I cry, mm -hmm. and, but it, that's okay. And that's part yep. of me. And that is completely okay. And completely but fine. Let's take this episode. We've been on for almost an hour, Marcy, and you haven't cried. I don't know that I've been in an episode with you that you haven't cried. So even with <laughs> something like that, and I'm not saying that you've forgotten about it. I'm not saying any of that, but you're in a different spot three years out. Yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. And maybe tonight after all this and reading the comments again or thinking about it, I'm not saying that you won't have those episodes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's so, always going to be there. But I, I love this comment that Bonnie just sent, said um, our first Christmas, I knew what my daughter would have wanted us to do, be together. Right. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. is beautiful mm -hmm. because that's what mattered. Right. So right. it wasn't. All of the stuff, just knowing that that's what she would want is just that togetherness to just be mm -hmm. right to just be together. Right. Yeah. So I love that. Well, I, I think that. the other thing we all know is that death has taught us what we what's really important and what we treasure now. And it's not so much the gifts or you know how many how tall the tree is and how many pre lit lights are on it or if you know a lot of that stuff really doesn't matter. It's the family. It's the togetherness. Mm -hmm. and and that's what we treasure. And that's why you can do crazy things like take a trip or do some of that other stuff because you're you're doing you're having that together time, you're having that family time and you're cherishing each other. Yeah. I love what Jill said to Dana, he's still with you and they are. We always oh, yeah. carry them. I mean, we are um they're with us all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Dana wrote one more comment too about, I'm not sure this is helpful, but maybe think about what you would be doing if your child was there instead of what they would want us to be doing. So I can see that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, we only have just a few minutes here. So what I wanted to do was talk a little bit about our next time we get together. So th the next time we get together will be the, um, Tuesday before Christmas, which now, of course, I have to look at a calendar. I should have had that up right in front of me, which I didn't. Um, so December 21st, we are going to do this very same thing with Gwen at, at 8 p.m. And we'll be talking about kind of last minute stuff right before Christmas. So bring your emergency uh, grieving <laughs> Christmas <laughs> questions or something. You can do that. But the other thing that I have made kind of a tradition of <laughs> these past two years that I've had the podcast is we shared stories of hope mm -hmm. and beautiful stories at Christmas time that just give you a little hope for the future. And there have been amazing stories. If you want to listen to some of them, go back to those episodes that I've done mm -hmm. at Christmas time the first two years, because they are beautiful and they're beautiful, inspiring stories. So I would love to have people write, email me, marcy at andysmom.com, some of those stories. Or if you want to even tell the story on the live stream, I can have up to 10 people that I can give invitations to, to pop on and tell their story. So if somebody oh, has, a, has a fun or inspiring or any kind of story that they really would desperately like to tell, let me know ahead of time because, or even during, honestly, I can invite, I could invite somebody right now to be on if I That's wanted awesome. to. So we can share some of these stories while we answer kind of some of those emergency mm -hmm. questions. So again, 
That's mm-hmm. going to be December 21st. Uh, that's another Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. I, I, we've had somebody on from Scotland actually that wrote in. So I have no idea what time that is in Scotland, but welcome. Maybe you will be back as well. So I want to tell you that. And then after Christmas, the week after Christmas, uh, we are going to have not Gwen this time. So we're giving Gwen a week off, but I'm going to be on with three of my favorite, favorite ladies, uh, Stephanie, Chrissy, and Demetra. And they are all going to be on and we are going to just do a post-Christmas wrap up, just talking about how our Christmases went and everything. And again, we will be letting people kind of um, write in and ask some questions and we'll talk about it. The beautiful thing with us is that uh, Stephanie's four years out. I'm three years out. Chrissy's two years out and Demetra is one year out. So we will, we are all at a little bit different point in our grief. And I think that will be beautiful. And Demetra is watching right now and she just said, woohoo. So you can see her comment on there. She's excited to be on and I'm excited to have her. So thank you again for all tuning in. Gwen, any parting words? I do. You know, I was going to say, something about love and I still will, but Lori wrote, um, love is so special. Now it's priceless. I love deeper life is short. Enjoy life. And what I was going to say is may love be what you remember most this holiday season. Beautiful way to end. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good night. Thanks for listening to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. We are always looking for new show ideas. If you'd like to be a guest, know someone who'd be a great guest, or have a show idea, please email us at marcy at andysmom.com. Be sure to visit the webpage, andysmom.com, for more content, including Marcy's blog. There you can also sign up to receive updates via email. Together, let's work to inspire hope, one day at a time.